And uh, we appreciate you. Jonah chapter number 1, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible said, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I ask you to give us liberty and vocabulary. I ask that the Holy Spirit would deal with every heart. Lord, help us to be receptive and obedient to whatever you speak to us about now. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to draw your attention to verse number 5, the latter part of this verse, where the Bible says that Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. And notice the shipmaster in verse number 6 says, What meanest thou, O sleeper? And I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject, on what will it take to get you awake. Amen? What will it take to get you awake? You see, Jonah was asleep here... And we notice in this passage of Scripture that Jonah is seen in verse number 1 and 2. He is seen as a servant because the word of the Lord comes to him and God speaks to Jonah and calls him to go and to preach unto Nineveh. So he is a servant in verse number 1 and 2. And then in verse number 3 and 4, he's seen as a sailor because he goes in the opposite direction of which God has called him to. And he gets on a ship uh, headed to Tarsus. Now, we know that in reality, Jonah wasn't really a sailor. Amen. But what happened was he hooked up with the wrong crowd. And can I tell you, anytime you leave the presence of God, anytime you go in the different, in an opposite direction, which God has called you to, you're always going to hook up with the wrong crowd. You know that? The devil's always got a crowd out there for anybody that'll walk away from God. So Jonah is seen as a servant and Jonah is seen as a sailor. But in verse number five and six, he is seen as a sleeper. Amen. That's what his testimony is is here is because he's down in the in the lower part of this ship and he's asleep. The Bible says he is fast asleep. And the shipmaster, the owner of the ship comes in and he says, what meanest thou, O sleeper? And I want to say it's a, it's a sad testimony when the world can look at people who say they are saved and tell that they are asleep spiritually. Amen? I mean, it's one thing when the preacher knows you've went to sleep on God and it's one thing when, when other church members can tell you've went to sleep on God, but it's a tragedy when the world can look at our life and say, you know what? They say they're a Christian. They, they go to church, but yet they're not what they're supposed to be. Amen? And so Jonah is asleep here. And I'm preaching on what will it take to get you awake? Because here God sends out a great wind, and even with a great wind, you know what? It doesn't even wake Jonah up. And that's amazing, isn't it? That after all that Jonah was going through, God sends this wind and he's rocking the, the boat of Jonah's life here, but yet he doesn't wake up. I wonder what's it going to take to get you awake. 
I don't know who I'm preaching to. Maybe I'm preaching to everybody this morning. But when you think about where we're at and what we've been through, this will be the burden of my heart this morning. If this doesn't wake the church up, if this doesn't wake people up and get them closer to God, I don't know if anything will. I'm telling you, if, if the last seven weeks doesn't make you and I, and I'm talking about the preacher all the way down to the, to the last member that's here this morning, if it doesn't cause me to do a self-examination of my prayer life and, and of my Bible reading and of my own spiritual life, if it doesn't cause me to examine my heart and get closer to God, then I don't know if anything else will. But I'm amazed that after all that Jonah is facing and all that Jonah is going through, that he's fast asleep the Bible. Bible says here in the midst of the storm of his life. I want you to see first of all the cause of his sleep. What was it that caused Jonah to go to sleep? Because he's not just asleep physically, but he's asleep spiritually. Amen. I'm not listening. I know sometimes people take medicine in church and or take medicine and it may cause them to go to sleep in church physically, and I understand that. But I'll tell you what bothers me is when I look at people and I tell in their eyes, they may their eyes may be open open physically, but their eye of faith has been closed and they are spiritually asleep on God. I don't know about you, but I never want that to be me by the grace of God. I want to come to church and be awake spiritually. I want to come to church and be alert spiritually. I want to come to church and be ready to worship and ready to get something from heaven. I want to hear the voice of God when I go to the house of God. Don't you? I see the cause of his sleep here. Notice the cause was in verse number one. He fled from the word of God. Notice the Bible said, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, God has a word for Jonah. And Jonah, uh, listen, uh, he heard the word of God. But what caused him to go to sleep was that he fled. The Bible said in verse number uh, 2 that he uh, that he rose up to flee unto Tarshish. But what Jonah was fleeing from, he was fleeing from that word that God had spoken unto him. Brother Barnes, had he not heard the word, uh, he'd have stayed where he was at. But the word of God, I'll tell you what it does. Uh, it always demands a response out of our life. Amen? That's what preaching does. Preaching will get a hold of your heart and preaching will cause you to have to have to make a, a, a to respond to it. And so here Jonah, he hears the word of God and he flees from the word of God. In verse number one, I'll tell you something else that caused Jonah to flee was not only the word of God but the will of God. Notice verse number two. He said, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and cry against it for their wickedness is come up before me. So Jonah flees from the word of God and then Jonah flees from the will of God. He goes in the opposite direction of which God has called him to. You know when God speaks to your heart, you ought to do what he says. When God puts you in his will, you ought to go in that direction. I see a lot of people that go to church week in and week out, but you know what they do? Many times, if they're not careful, they'll get out of the will of God. Amen? And you can be in a good church and be out of the will of God. I think that's something we all have to examine ourselves and look at ourselves. I'm either in the will of God or I'm out of the will of God. And that's something we have to look at. Are you in the will of God when it comes to your job? Are you in the will of God when it comes to, to serving the Lord? Are you in the will of God when it comes to, uh, to being the husband, being the wife, being being, being that, uh, uh, being that uh, faithful uh, church member, or maybe being that, that young person in that family. Are you in the will of God in your life? Amen. I would say to every young person here this morning, you need to be careful 
that when you hear the Word of God that you take heed to it. Don't run from it. When the preacher preaches the message and God knocks on your heart, don't resist it. Don't turn it away. And that's not just for young people. I've seen adults do that. God knock on their heart and demand something out of their life. And, and listen, what, you say, well, preacher, why is it so important that I, that I be that sensitive to God? Because I'm going to tell you why. Every time you tell the Holy Spirit no, every time you turn Him away, you know what happens? You fall asleep. You go in a little bit deeper of a sleep spiritually. I've seen people, you could preach to them till the cows came home, but they're not going to move. They're not going to make a, they're not going to go, they're not going to make any, they're not going to let God put any demands on their life. You know why? They've said no so much to God that, listen, they are they have desensitized themselves uh, uh, to the Word of God and the will of God. Uh, and listen, it's further back than what you think. Amen? And what causes people to go to sleep a lot of times uh, is, my friend, they flee from the will of God. You get out of the will of God, listen, you'll reap nothing but heartache and trouble and trials. Uh, and your life will never be blessed. Nothing will never go right. You can make a million dollars a day uh, and still be as broke as Job's turkey at the end of the day. You know why? Because there'll be holes in that bag. Uh, you can't make enough money to be happy, amen. And if you could gain the whole world out of the will of God, you'd be the most miserable person on planet earth. Uh, I'd rather be broke. You know that. I'd rather not have two nickels to rub together and pillow my head at night and know that I was in the center of God's will. There's a peace and there's a joy and there's a happiness that comes when you're in the will of God. Amen. The cause of his sleep was he fled from the Word of God. He fled from the will of God and then he fled from the witness of God. Look at verse number 3. The Bible is clear in this verse that he rose up to flee into Tarsus. Notice this, from the presence of the Lord. And then it said, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now two times in that verse God emphasizes that Jonah is running but it's clear who he's running from. He's running from that witness that's on his life. God has spoken unto him. He's given him a word. He's made known his will and Jonah doesn't want to do the will of God and so Jonah is running from God. You know when people leave church They'll blame it on everything and everybody. We've heard that a thousand times over, haven't we? Hey, listen, if it ain't the preacher, it's his wife. Or if it ain't the preacher and his wife, it'll be, it'll be the Sunday school teacher. It'll be somebody in the church. They've always got an excuse. You know why that is? Because the devil will give you a thousand of them. Amen? If you sit there long enough, out of the will of God, he'll just keep pumping them excuses into you and into me until finally we'll buy into one of those. But listen, when they leave church, they're not leaving us. And they're not leaving me. And they're not leaving you. You know who? they're running from? They're running from God Almighty. Amen. And they're leaving the will and the witness of God. I've seen it many times as a pastor and I'm not an authority but I've seen it many, many times. I, I think the Holy Spirit turns a light on for a pastor. You look at people three times a week and you see them. You get to know them. They get to know you. It becomes personal. And a lot of times you'll be preaching the Holy Spirit will turn the light on and say you better pray for that one right there. He or she is going down the wrong path. They're still coming to church. They're still toting the King James Bible. They're, they're still singing in the choir. 
But what you can tell is, is that, that they're, they're not responsive. They're, they're going to sleep spiritually. And you know that they're going to go just eventually. You know their heart is already lingering in the far country. And it's going to be just a little while. You can tell things are beginning to, to change in their life. And, and the fire and the joy is going out. They're going to sleep. I don't want to go to sleep on God, do you? I tell you, I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to be where God wants me to be at the cause of his sleep. I want you to notice the condition of his sleep. Notice in verse number 4, when he goes to sleep, I want you to see the condition that he's sleeping in here. Notice here that he's asleep while the sea is being disturbed. The Bible said, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea. Everything around Jonah, that sea, that boat, that is in that sea there. Everything around Jonah is beginning to unravel. It's beginning to rock. It's beginning to to, to turn upside down. God sent that wind. And I want to stop and say something here. God knows how to send the wind in all of our life. Amen. When you and I step out of the will of God, when you and I go to sleep on God, you better better look for one thing to come. That's going to be a wind. Amen. And if you don't respond to that wind, I'll tell you what God's going to send next. He's going to send a whale. Amen. And brother, listen, I, I'd whole lot love, rather listen to the wind than get right. Had Jonah got right here and listened to the wind, he'd have never had to face the whale. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what happened. He's asleep while the sea is being disturbed. I've often wondered this, brother Tim. How is it when people start getting out of the will of God and going to sleep on God and things start beginning to rock and reel in their life? You would think that would wake them up. But Jonah doesn't wake up. He's asleep while the sea was disturbed. He's asleep while the ship is being disturbed. Look what the Bible said in verse number 4. So that the ship was like to be broken. I mean, it's getting to the point that he's laying in there asleep. And I want you to get this in your mind. Jonah is sleeping, if I could put it this way, while the boards are starting to pop on that on that boat. Uh, the boat is like to be broken. It didn't take a rocket scientist uh, to be standing on that boat and start hearing them boards go to shifting and, and hear some nails and pins go to popping. And, and them, listen, anybody that was awake knew, hey, this boat isn't going to hold together. This wind, these waves, all this water coming in. It's going to turn this boat up. It's going to break this boat. But everybody knew that. Everybody could see that but Jonah. You know, when people get away from God, everybody around them can see. You can see the direction. But you can't see it when you're asleep. And Jonah's asleep while the sea, the ship's being disturbed. What about this? This is shocking to me. Look at verse 5. He's asleep while the sailors are disturbed. Then the mariners were afraid. They cried every man, notice, unto his God. I'm talking about lost people crying out to the gods of this world. They've got enough sense to know that things are not going well. You know, I, I see people when they get out of the will of God, a lot of times they get so sleepy uh, uh, spiritually, they get so blinded that, that even a lost man could realize that things are not going good. Now, lost people don't get right with God. Uh, they continue on. We know that. But I'm saying we know they're walking in blindness, but there's another kind of blindness too. There's the blindness of those that totally can't see, and then there's the blindness of those that have sight, but they can't see afar off. Amen? And that's where Jonah's at. I mean, listen, 
listen, uh, uh, Brother Jason, he's got eyesight and he can see some, but he can't see afar off. Uh, I want to tell you, if you're not careful, you can get away from God and you can go asleep so so much spiritually that, that you're not completely blind, but you're legally blind. Amen. You can't see hardly your hand in front of your face. Uh, and I've heard people make this statement. They say, well, you know, I just don't see it that way anymore. Have you ever heard people say that? For years I used to think, now that's not true, but it is. They'll say, well, you know, I used to see things that way, but now I kind of see things. I've had preacher friends down through the years. They would tell me, they say, you know, I I used to to preach that that way. But, you know, I kind of got enlightened is what they said. They didn't get enlightened. They got blinded is what happened. The devil gave them a pair of eyeglasses, amen, and they're looking at it through a different lens. And they said, you know, I used to preach that too, but now I see things a little bit different. I used to think, no, they're lying, but I think they're telling the truth because when you go to sleep, you don't see as well. The lie is not turned on as much. And I want to tell you something. I want to raise my Bible and I want to thank God for the light, amen. I thank God for this old King James Bible. I'm thankful for this book, amen. I tell you, I don't care if a thousand of them walk away from it today. I'm glad what I hold in my hand, it's truth from beginning to end. And brother, it'll still hold in the dark times of life. Even when there's a pandemic, even when there's seven weeks of no church, I'm glad you can still open that book and you can read out of it. Hallelujah! And it'd speak to you and it'd be real and you knew God was real. That book's alive. Hallelujah! And it'll keep you seeing in the dark times of life. Hallelujah! I see here the condition. It was determined. The Bible said, notice this in verse number 5. The Bible said that he lay fast asleep. I'm talking about a delightful sleep. The Bible said he laid there. He was stretched out, in other words. He was sleeping like he was sleeping on a Tempur-Pedic mattress. Amen. I'm talking about he was fast asleep. That's talking about he was in a deep sleep. He was sleeping like a rock. Amen. Anybody a light sleeper here? One, two. All right. My wife, listen, she can, if, if, I'm telling you, if a fly landed on the wall at, at three, three rooms over, she can hear it in her sleep. She woke me up one night and said, hey, listen, I thought somebody's in the house. I said, what is it? She said, I, she was half asleep. She said, I hear a car coming down the road. I said, what? She said, I hear, I said, there ain't no car in about, about, I mean, three minutes later, here come a car. Brother, I'm telling you, well, listen, you could set two grenades under both ends of the bed when I go to sleep. Both of them could go off at the same time. I'm not waking up. I don't sleep much, but when I sleep, I go deep, amen. I go as far in as I go. I go coma, amen. But Jonah... He's in a deep sleep. I tell you, there's some people I'd like, honestly, I can't do this because it wouldn't be right. But there's some people down through the years, pastor, and I'd like to just get out of the pulpit, walk down to their pew. For the, I wouldn't do it to embarrass them, but I'd like to go to their pew. I'd like to grab them, and I'd just like to preach to them like this right here for about 10 minutes, and sometimes I have, amen, and just shake them so much that maybe they would wake up. I'm telling you, they're so in such a deep sleep. Don't let that be you this morning. Then I see, lastly, the consequences of his sleep. The Bible said in verse number 6, So the shipman came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, sleeper? I see a lack of character here. It's sad when the world is 
more wide-eyed and awake to what's happening around than, than someone that's saved. I'm telling you, there are people today, and this is what scares me to death, church, and I want you to hear me well. Here's what scares me about where we're living today. Is that people out there in the world that don't know God seem to have more of an awareness sometimes of what's taking place. I had a man tell me this. We was, I was standing in a line the other day. Of course, I was standing six feet apart, you know. But I was standing in a line the other day, and a man said... He was standing there, and I mean, to look at the guy, if he was saved, he didn't look saved. That's all I can say. I'm not saying he wasn't saved, Brother Brian, but he sure didn't look saved. I mean, he looked like somebody that just got off a of Harley, you know, and had murdered somebody. I mean, that's the way he looked. And we're standing in line, and somebody in front of me said, uh, I tell you, I don't know what to think about all this. And this old boy standing behind me said, well, I'll tell you what's happening. And uh, I was interested in what he thought. But he said, the world's coming to an end. I turned around and I said, you know what? You're exactly right. I said, this whole world's coming to an end. I said, and even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. Well, he didn't have a lot to say about that. But I thought about, here's a guy that probably don't even know God. And he's more awake about what's happening than some people sitting in churches. Some people are more worried about their 401K. Is that right? then they are Jesus coming and the church having revival. I'm simply saying the consequences is a lack of character. It's a lack of communication. Notice what he says to him. He says, arise, call upon thy God. You know, I, I circled that word arise, not in this Bible, but in another Bible, and I'll tell you why. Because the first word that this lost man says to him is the first word in verse number 2 that God said to him. God said, arise, go to Nineveh. It's lost and said, Arise, call upon thy God. Don't you know that cut through his heart like a knife? That the very first word out of a lost man's lips was the very first word that God had to say to him in verse number 2. But the problem was, this lost man said, You need to get up out of this sleep and start praying. You need, to, you need to call on God. But the problem was, that line of communication had been broken because Jonah was running from God and he could not pray. I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of reasons to live for God. But I'll tell you one reason every one of us needs to live for God is because there's going to come times in all of our life when we're going to need to get a hold of Him. And I'll tell you when trouble, when trials or heartache comes to my home, I don't want to, and there's, I'm telling you, if, you're, if it's 3 o'clock in the morning, please pick up the phone and call me if you're going through. I want to pray with you. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. But I don't want to have to be in so bad a shape that I have to pick the phone up and call the preacher. You hear what I'm saying? Now you, listen, if I found out you was going through deep waters and you didn't call me, I'd be offended. I'd want you to call me. But I tell you what, if I got troublesome news tomorrow, I'd want to be, in, I'd want to be right with God to where, where I could get on my knees right there and call on God. I wouldn't want to have to depend on the prayers of somebody else to get through. I'd want to be able to just drop down right there and say, God, would you help me? Would you be with me? I'm talking about how's your line of communication? Have you fallen asleep on him? And then I see here not only a lack of communication, but what about this? A lack of concern. Notice the Bible says here, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us. Notice this, that we perish not. You want to know the real tragedy of this text? 
in Jonah's life is that he was so asleep that he really didn't even care if these other people died. He got on this boat knowing he was out of the will of God, knowing that he was in danger in the lives of other people. That, you know, if Jonah died, he'd go to heaven. He's a prophet of God. But if these other men died, they'd all go to hell. And I think about oftentimes when people fall asleep on God, here's the first thing that goes. They lose their burden for their family. They lose their burden for their friends. I've watched, I've watched dads get out of the will of God. Get out of the will of God and, and, and get out of church and, and pull their entire family out of church. And you know what I think about? I think my soul, that son, that daughter is not saved. What are they going to do if they die and go to hell? I spoke to one one day and I told them, I said, listen, I said, I said, you're, I said, they said to me, they said, I'm saved. I said, well, you may be, but your three children are not. I said, what are you going to do if, if you get in a car wreck and, and your whole family's wiped out? I said, yeah, if you're saved, you're going to go to heaven, but them three children's going to hell because they've reached the age of accountability. I said, you're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ with their blood dripping on your fingertips. He said, oh, I, I think they've not reached the age, but I'm going to tell you something. When they're 12 and 13 and 14 years old, they've reached the age of accountability. I said, you better get right with God. Get your family in church. I said, you never know what one day could bring forth. I'm going to tell you, listen, I want to be right with God. The Bible said in Ephesians chapter number 5, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. You know that word circumspectly? You know what that means? It means to walk very carefully. I think as Christians, we have to be very careful how we walk in this world. People's watching us. They're listening to us. Our family's watching us. They're listening to us. What's it going to take to get you awake? I, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but as we stand, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to do something that I did this morning as I looked at this message. I want you to do something. I just want you to examine your heart. Maybe there's some area of your life that, what's it going to take? What's it going to take for God to wake you up, teenager? What's it going to take for God to wake you up, mother, father? Maybe maybe this is prevented maintenance for some this morning. Maybe there's somebody else here that you say, I know that message is for me. I, I know that... I need to get closer to God. Then I'll tell you something. Do it now. Do it now. Don't, don't let it take a wind of God to get you to your knees. Don't let it take a well. Why don't you let it just take a warning? Why don't you take his sermon this morning and say, I don't need the wind. I don't need the well. I'll just listen to the warning. I'll do something about it. I'll hear the voice of God. And Lord... I want to be right with you. I want to give you an opportunity if you want to come to this altar and pray or if you, want to, if you feel more comfortable praying in your seat, you can kneel down there and pray. But I just encourage you. I encourage you while she plays, just do business with God. We'll just let the piano play for a few moments. This altar's open. You just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Let God have His way in your life this morning. Amen. Search your heart. Search your heart. Hear that voice. 
I'm going to tell you, if you can hear God speaking to you right now, you're a blessed individual. You say, why, preacher? Because that means you're not asleep. You can hear Him. You can hear Him. Let Him do something in your life. Do business with Him. Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank You for the Word of God. I thank You for Your people. I thank You for the opportunity to be here this morning. Lord, what a privilege, what a blessing to be in church today. What a blessing to hear the testimonies of, of God's people. Lord, how it's encouraged our hearts. God, I, I pray that you'll help me and help others today. Help us not to fall asleep. Lord, I worry. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm concerned. I want us to get back to Sunday night and Wednesday night as soon as possible. Lord, I don't want anybody to get used to this. I don't want this to become the new normal. Oh, God, I pray. Keep our family strong. Lord, keep our... Our dads and husbands, the men of this church, keep them on fire. Keep our young people right. Keep them clean. Lord, I pray for the young people in our church that are not saved. Oh, God, they need this place. Lord, they need this place. Dear God, we pray that you'll help us. Help us not to fall asleep in these last days. If there's someone here that's lost their burden for a family member, a friend, God, help us to get our burden back for people that's perishing. Help us to get a concern once again. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for your people now. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen.